looking at love. So we're just going to start by reading the Word of God. We're going to read the verse before and the verse after. So we're starting at 12.31. But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you still a more excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. Love is not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. Love is not irritable or resentful. Love does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, love hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you for the word of God, Jesus Christ. Father, we want to thank you that your Holy Spirit inspired people to write this word. Holy Spirit, we ask, would you be our teacher? Would you be the highlighter pen this morning to highlight to me, to highlight to us what you want to say? Jesus we worship you, the word of God, the one who gives life everlasting, and the one who showed the greatest love of all by coming, dying, rising again, and ascending for people such as us. Thank you, Jesus, so much. Amen. We're all sweating a bit this morning, aren't we? It's very warm, so... 
heard it many times, but it's so important, friends, that we always read the Bible in context. It's really, really important. I've, um, yesterday I finished the Word Plus course, that this sort of theology course that's been running for a couple of years, and I realized that there's been much scripture over the years which I thought I knew, but actually I've taken it out of context, and it's been quite a, quite a challenge to um, try and start to address that and to, to really dig into the Word. But this passage that we're looking at, this passage on love, the passage on the gifts, there is little doubt that this word is bang slap in the middle of this letter. There were no verses and chapters in those days that probably came 400 AD, something like that, written on the back of a horse, which must have been quite a lot of writing. (laughs) Always felt sorry for the horse, really, when this um, priest put the verses and things in. But love is bang slap in the middle of the gifts. And I believe it's there for a reason. And we're doing this series on bodybuilding, so we're putting the bit on love right bang slap in the middle. Steve was telling us in the early, um, back a couple of weeks ago that the Corinthian church was really in quite a mess. It was in quite a pickle. Some pretty rubbish things were going on. Um, and yet, God still wanted them to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I would have just closed everything down, tried to control it all if it had been me. But God still wanted people to move in the anointing and in the gifts of the Spirit. But that had to be done and centered around one thing, and that was love. They were a competitive church. They weren't very good at giving to the poor. Now, I think by the grace of God, as a church, we're not quite in that sort of mess, I hope. (laughs) But as we heard earlier, did, did you read about the word of God being living and active, Bob? Yeah, the word living and active sharpen than any two-edged sword, divide between soul and spirit, joint and marrow, able to discern the thoughts and intentions of our hearts. And I believe this word is still relevant for us because there is no time for complacency. You know, we're seeing growth, we're seeing men and women, young people, children being added to us, and we thank Jesus for that. But there is no room for complacency. There is only one way, and that is to keep the name of Jesus high to take the word of God and take it as an encouragement, but also as a warning to us and a warning to me. So there's four very simple areas I want to look at this morning. I want to look at our motivation for using the gifts. I want to encourage us in using the gifts. I want to talk about the reality of when things go pear-shaped, you know, it all goes wrong and everyone gets upset. So I'm gonna spend a long time on that. (laughs) And then finally, I just wanna talk about the whispers of a greater love. So our motivation to use the gifts. You first hear about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, one can have two reactions. It can be one of incredible excitement. Oh, fantastic. Let's get stuck in. Whoa. Or it can be the other. Not sure about that. Bit weird. Those can be kind of emotional reactions, but I just want to kind of look at it from, dare I say, a biblical perspective. Because the word says that we should desire spiritual gifts. We should desire them. But love needs to be at the heart of ministering these gifts. You know, we can dive in to get people healed. I'm so glad that Facebook and Twitter wasn't around in the early 80s um, when my wife and I would dive around getting stuck in. You name it, if it moved, we'd prophesy over it. We got completely stuck in. If I had a word, I had a word, and you were going to get that word. Because God's spoken to me, and I'm going to give you that word. There wasn't that check and balance at the core 
wasn't always love. And it's such a danger for immature Christians of whatever age. Immature Christian here of 50, how old am I as a Christian? 48, 49. I can still be immature that experiences and activity the Holy Spirit can quickly blind me into wanting to get stuck in and forgetting that actually love is at the heart. You see, the desire for power can strangle the anointing of the Holy Spirit very quickly. I think many of us have seen that in churches that we've been in in the past and maybe in some of the things I've done in the past, strangled the move of the Holy Spirit. But also stepping back and saying, well, that's not for me and I'm not going to prophesy and well, I'm not sure about that. It's probably safer to stand back. That is also holding back. That's, in, you could argue, not loving because you're not then sharing with your brothers and sisters something that could bless them. If I'm holding back a word of encouragement for David and don't give it, he misses out. God can cover it, but he does miss out. I think it might have been earlier, I was saying to someone, Romans 5.5, 5, it says, that God's love has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. I love the New American Standard, and it says, the love of God has been shed abroad. I love that, shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. The context there is about uh, peace and hope through Jesus Christ. But it's also in tough situations. In tough situations, God sheds abroad his love in our hearts. Because we start operating in the gifts and the anointing, it will be tough. Because if we're called to love, we're going to meet some unloving situations. And then through that, God does the one thing which I wish wasn't in the Bible, and that's develop our character. Signs and wonders, God develops our character. Jesus said, as many of you know, it's my favorite verse of the year so far, John 15, 9, which is not in the notes. The notes are around, but quite a lot of these references aren't in there. John 15, 9 says, As the Father has loved me, this is Jesus speaking, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. Our starting point is to abide in in the love of God, to abide in his presence, to abide in his word. It's a lot easier to prophesy over someone if you've been spending time in the word of God. The source is Jesus. David, a couple of weeks wisely, a couple of weeks ago, very wisely said, at our core, Jesus must be. Jesus must be at our core. Friends, a passion for Jesus and a desire to love one another, I believe will lay a wonderful foundation for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to move amongst us here and when we're out there in the world. So be very wary of moving and gifting without the love. Verse 3 is there, and it says, If I give away all I have, and if I deliver my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. I'm the sort of person, probably not so much these days, but I used to be a very spectacular person. It all had to be very kind of blousy and very big and very out there. And I'm more prone to being excited by the, the out there spectacular stuff. Not so much these days. But in it all is love the core. I've got a word for you and I'm going to get you healed. But is love the core or is delivering the gift and getting the power going, the motivation. 
Many years ago, I heard someone in a meeting got all emotional, very excited. They went, oh, Jesus, I die for you. And I think it was a man. (laughs) (laughs) But where did the focus go? Straight onto that person. Straight onto him. Little aside, it's a lot harder to live for Jesus. Don't you feel that? Sometimes it'd be easier to go home, wouldn't it? It's a lot harder to live for him. Jesus, we're going to live for you. Our motivation, Simon the sorcerer, again, it's not in the notes this lot, but in Acts 8, verse 19, Simon the sorcerer, he saw the apostles moving in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, praying for people, and the Holy Spirit came upon them. He said, give me this power that when I pray for people, the Holy Spirit will come. Peter wasn't happy. (laughs) Peter wasn't happy because Simon's motivation was wrong. He just wanted the power, but it wasn't about a relationship with Jesus. 14 verse 1, one version, it says, Make love your aim and earnestly desire spiritual gifts. And also in 14.12, it says, Since you're eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. The gifts, the gifts of love to see the church of Jesus Christ built up. I stand to be corrected by the scholars, and I'm very aware we've got some learned people amongst us. Um, But where it says at the end of 12, earnestly desire the higher gifts, one of the writers, uh, theologians, says about that, actually the higher gifts are ones that are going to really build up the church, really build up your brothers and sisters, really build up. That's what we need to be earnestly desiring, to really build up our brothers and sisters in love. So, our motivation to use the gifts, love. Secondly, let's be encouraged, encouraged in the gifts. Verse 4 to 7 says, Love is patient, kind. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. Love is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, love hopes all things, and love endures all things. Don't lose heart. God is pouring out his Holy Spirit. God wants to fill you with the Spirit of God. God wants to give you gifts. He wants to give us gifts of the Holy Spirit. And that'll come. And we love his body. We can learn to operate in the gifts of the Spirit by asking him to teach us. It's very simple. And asking those around us that we trust to help us. See, the passage about love doesn't override the gifts. Like, oh, well, we'll just love and we won't worry about all the dangerous prophetic stuff. It doesn't override it. It's like a painted backdrop. Love, and then the gifting can be placed onto that picture. An environment of love to operate in the gifts that Jesus gives us. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are so crucial, so crucial to the building up of the church because God has decided that's the way it's going to be. And he chooses to open up his heart to us to use the gifts. Again, touching on what Steve was saying at the beginning. And that is a tremendous privilege, but also quite a scary responsibility. Paul, who wrote this letter, he operated in the gifts 
of the Holy Spirit and he was moved in love. You read the letters that he's written in the Bible, you'll see the love that he had. He said some pretty straight stuff to people, but his heart was one of love. In Acts 18, we hear about two people called Aquila and Priscilla. And uh, they had been exiled from Rome, but they continued to operate in the gifting that God had given them. That seemed to be a gift of encouragement. In Acts 18.26, they get alongside a chap called Apollos, who's preaching the word, but he's just a little bit, just a little bit off. They just get alongside him, just put him back on course, and then bless him and release him. And I think that's such a picture of what we need in, in the gifts, is, that we, is to use the gifts, but also have people to come alongside us and just encourage us, just pop us back on track, especially someone like me, I'll get a bit excited and I can go off on one. And it doesn't mean that God hasn't moved in me, but just sometimes just need to be brought back online. Matures, mature believers, let's operate in the gifts of the Spirit, but let's be open to receiving feedback and help from brothers and sisters. Because we want to be like Jesus, don't we? Want to be like Jesus? What did, he, what did he do? He was moved with compassion. He was moved with love. And he healed and he acted. So, our motivation for the gifts is love. God and the Word of God wants to encourage us to use the gifts. Let's encourage one another to use the gifts. Thirdly, when it all goes pear shaped, when it all goes a little bit wrong. You know, working out our love amongst one another, practically, it does cost us individually, doesn't it? It's, it's, not, it's not always easy, because we're people. I'll let you down, I'll get things wrong, I'll wind you up. Sorry. <laughs> but it's, it's not always easy when we come together. But our responsibility is to love one another. God calls me to love you, and for us to love one another. So I have to deal quickly, quickly when I sense that selfishness or the anger or whatever rise up in me. David said a couple of weeks ago, he said, love is the fuel of the gifts. Do you remember him saying that? I sort of pondered that and I thought, hmm, do I agree with that? Not sure. But love is the fuel of the gifts. But I thought a lack of love is like a damp, wet cloth just chucked over it. Yeah, we've seen healing. Yeah, David, yeah, David, yeah, David's arm got healed. That was good. Let's put that on my blog, let everyone know. Thanks, God, but you know, I got healed thanks to me. No, no, no. Not selfishness, not selfishness, not selfishness. A lack of love will be that damp cloth that could extinguish, could extinguish even what God's doing here. Recently, I was treated in what I perceived was a pretty unloving way by a couple of Christians and it was tough, hard things were said and it really hurt. But I, I kind of had to make a choice that I, wasn't, I mustn't hold on to the resentment and let the anger kind of birth and grow up but to go back and say, Jesus, but you're Lord and thank you when I was really, you died for me. That was tough. And I didn't come out five minutes later going, oh, it's lovely, I feel so loving and happy now. Not at all, it hurt, it was tough, there were tears. But sometimes we just have to make choices. What was it we were saying last week, wasn't it? Um, um, uh, love is not a feeling, it's an act of the will. Yeah. 
We were talking about that last week. So we have to make a choice to come before the Lord, you know, to say, Lord, that person's hurt me, that person's upset me, but I don't want that to brew and create other stuff in me where I want to, you know, you know what I'm saying? Don't need to go into this in great detail, but just bring it to Jesus. It's tough, but it's for the good of the body, and Jesus loves his body, and we do it for the good of the body. We leave it with Jesus, and we then have to make the decision to leave it there when we go back to it. 24 years ago, Julie and I were living by faith. The interest rate was 15 to 17% on our mortgage. Uh, we loaned a brother in the church our car, in which he had an accident, and didn't tell us until I had a very irate person ring me up saying, you owe me lots of money because you crashed into my car. We had two children under four, and our income was about 240 pounds a week, <laughs> a year, a month rather, with a... 500 and something pound mortgage. It was really tough. We were on the course. We were living by faith. I was full time. It was really difficult. There were a lot of tears. It was very tough. And guess what happened on Sunday? Guess what happened on Sunday? Communion. Oh, joy. Thank you, Father. Really tough. Had to take about three days getting to a place because this guy wouldn't take any responsibility. He said, Will you lend me the car? So it's your problem. He was leading the young people at the time. <laughs> and, uh, but I had to make that decision before we took communion to go to him and just say, I always say Fred at this point, because that's the name you always say, isn't it? But Bob or Frank or whatever his name was, I just say, look, I'm really struggling because I think you've done me wrong. But what's important is I want you to know that I want God to bless you. And I tell you, that is really difficult. I know many in this room, I'm sure most of us probably had to do that. Just say, I just want God to bless you. And then I made the decision that I was then going to move on. And now, I did, you know, you thought about it sometimes. I sort of imagine what it would be nice to punch him in the face or whatever. Of course, no one ever would think like that really, would they? <laughs> but I just say, Jesus, I really want... It really hurts and it cost. But Jesus, in the end... You've called me to love. You've called me to forgive. And what did I do? My sin put you on that cross, which is easy to say when you've been wronged. But it is tough. So I'm not saying it's easy. Within about three months, I think they left the church anyway. It says here in verse 5, it said, Love is not rude. It does not insist on its own way. <laughs> it's not irritable or resentful. I like my own way. <laughs> but it's about the body, the gifts, and the body. Jesus forgave us. If there is a lack of love, if there is, a, if there is unforgiveness in your heart today, can I encourage you to go to Jesus and talk to him about it? Talk to Jesus about it. What I saw last night as I was um, looking at this and trying to think how to put it across... I saw, a, I saw a mountain, the side of a mountain, and I saw someone with one of those, you know, those little axes and they were chipping out holes to put the grippers in. And then they put the grip in, put the hand in, chip another one, put the foot in, chip another one. So they're kind of spider. It's the opposite to that. And afterwards I suddenly remembered about this climbing wall. But what I saw was that if, if, we, give, if we give place to anger and we give place to unforgiveness, 
we're basically chipping out a little hole and we are allowing the enemy to come in and to get a foothold. We are in a real warfare and one of the main ways that he'll get to us is in our mind and by stirring up unforgiveness and anger with one another. Do not allow the enemy a foothold. Maybe each week I need to come in, worshipping Jesus, put my cross there and go, Lord, I must remember, don't give the enemy a foothold. But you can weigh that, weigh that for yourself. Whispers of a greater love. This passage is clearly about the gifts, it's about love, about the, Jesus wanting to give gifts to us to build his church. But there's just a whisper here. There's just an echo of another love. And that is that wonderful love between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We sung about the Trinity this morning. So important. God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three persons, yet one. I don't understand it. Having studied it for, what, 18 months now, still don't get it. (laughs) But there's such love, such kindness, such rejoicing in one another within the Godhead. And I just think that's like a little whisper or a little echo that we can have amongst our side, ourselves, learning to love one another, learning to care for one another, learning to appreciate one another. What did Jesus do? He modelled loving to his disciples. Heard about it this morning with the, with the um, bread. When the, when the disciples handed out the bread and the fish and the miracle happened through their hands. Jesus didn't say, get out of the way, let me show you. He let them do it. I wish he did do it sometimes, actually. (laughs) But he doesn't. Jesus modeled love. Even on the cross, he looked at Mary and John and said, Mary, behold your son. John, behold your mother. Even in all that agony, he was still caring for others and loving others. The thieves on the cross, Jesus was loving them. And one responded. One res- at the point of death, one responded and Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Even at that point, Jesus was not thinking of himself. <laughs> I would have been big time. What love, what incredible love. On the weekend away, Pete and Fran were telling us, weren't they? And they, they, they reminded us that don't let circumstances stop you from using your gifting. Stuff's difficult, things are going wrong, pear-shaped. Don't let that stop you from using your gifting. We spoke about Aquila and Priscilla earlier. They'd been chucked out of their own home, but they continued. They continued to minister and to encourage others. It's not a trick question, but do we love the Holy Spirit? Do we love the Holy Spirit? Do we get excited by what he does? Do we get thrilled by what he does? Do I sometimes get scared by his activity when it's a bit outside of my... Yeah, I do. Isn't it a privilege to be under the direction and under the care of such a loving God who fills us with his spirit? Father, may our motivation continue just to be be love. John 15, verse 12. What does Jesus say about it, eh? What does Jesus say? That's what matters. He said, this is my commandment, that you love one another. Yeah, 
And what does it go on to say? This is my commandment, that I let you love one another as I have loved you. (sighs) Lord, help me. Lord, help me. So just tying this up. So our motivation for using the gifts, it's love. Be aware of your personality, how you kind of react to the Holy Spirit coming upon you. Just a reminder to people like me, if you have a sense you have a prophecy, various questions you can ask yourself. Number one, is it God? (laughs) Is it for me? Is it for us? Is it for now? And is my motivation, if it's for others, one of love? I think it's good to often search our hearts to check our motivation, generally anyway to check our hearts just for our general motivation. Be encouraged to use the gifts. Brothers and sisters, let's press into everything that God has got for us. And let's be prepared to have those speak into our lives to encourage us and to correct us when I go a little bit wonky. Always remember, and I know we know this, but power and anointing is not God's seal of approval that our character is sorted. In fact, in the 80s, it was probably the other way around, wasn't it? (laughs) But the anointing and the power can corrupt us so quickly. Let's always keep our eyes firmly fixed on Jesus and our heart of love for one another. If our aim is love, then Jesus will build his church. I really believe that. Importantly, remember, the enemy will try and divide because he hates us loving one another. He hates it. He hates it when I say to Steve, mate, I'm really sorry that I said that. I'm so sorry. The devil hates it. If you've got an issue with a brother or sister, ask God to help you navigate your way through because God brings restoration and healing What did Steve say the other week? He said, sin affects the whole body. It's there on the tape. Sin affects the whole body, and we need peacemakers in the church. And if you have been hurt and sinned against, and you come through with the the power of the Holy Spirit, you could become a fantastic peacemaker. There's nothing like someone that's had an experience to care and love for someone else who's then going through a similar experience. Let's be rooted in sound doctrine. Don't just read the word, as the old preachers say, let the word read you. I'm trying to learn to read the word slower because I rush everywhere. And I've, I've found more things in the word because I've slowed down a little bit. In it all, see the whispers of a greater love, the greater love of our wonderful God, the God of the Bible, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is the one who equips us. He is the one who strengthens us. He is the one who encourages us. He ultimately died for me when I was completely anti-God. 1 John, or the letters of John, they're at the back of the Bible. 1 John is such a fantastic letter. It's full of Jesus, and it's full of how we love one another. Practical things. It says in 1 John 3, 11, 11, it says, The message from the beginning is this, that we should love one another. The message from the beginning, love one another.
I just also encourage us something that I was challenged on yesterday, just kind of like a little thought that brings this together. Perhaps it's time to re-engage your faith. Re-engage your faith. Step out. Step out and re-engage your faith. Re-engaging your faith, I believe, I believe that will energize us. When you re-engage, when you clip into something, you plug into something, the power that can then flow. I think there's one or two plugs here that are half coming out the wall. You haven't sinned and done terrible things, just life. And the, the plug's just a bit out the wall. Just as small, you say, Father, I'm going to push that plug in and I want to re-engage with your Holy Spirit. If you'd like to turn to the last scripture, which is in 1 John. I like to leave people's Bibles open or your phones on, a good verse. 1 John 3. Long passage about loving one another. And verse 23. So 1 John, that's the one at the back. 1 John 3 and verse 23. Here's a man who knew Jesus in the flesh and encountered him gloriously as well. <laughs> it's this. And this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and that we love one another just as he has commanded us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we want to give you the honor and the glory and the praise. We want to thank you that you came to this earth, lived that perfect life, that you demonstrated your incredible love to us, that, Lord Jesus, you died on the cross for us. Thank you, Father, that you raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And, Jesus, we recognize that you are now seated at the right hand of the Father. Thank you, Jesus, that you have poured out your Holy Spirit. Father, help us to move in the flow of your Spirit. And, Father, I pray that you would shed your love abroad in hearts this morning. And, Lord Jesus, where things have been tough, I pray that you would get alongside folk and help us to work out when relationships are difficult and we find things tough. Jesus, we love you so much. It's all about you, wonderful Saviour, giver of life, giver of your Holy Spirit. We worship you. Amen.